Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Breen. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And on today's show, we're going to dive into something that's been brewing behind the scenes the last couple of months, weeks, now that we're dealing with the current state of the world affairs. And it's kind of one that's been dabbled upon the last couple of seasons is the Pac-12 falling behind compared to the other Power Five conferences, meaning the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. And some recent comments that have been made from national media members, and and then Eric was on a conference call with Mario Cristobal and a couple other head coaches in the Pac-12 that kind of just, he was, they were asked about, you know, the the importance of, of, keeping up and where they sit within the national sphere. So good stuff on today's show. And we, we want to remind you guys right now that you can subscribe for as low as $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter. Inside scoop on the Oregon Ducks, expert analysis and opinion. Read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network. And you get access to insiders like Eric, Kevin Wade, myself, regional and national guys all across the 24-7 Sports Network. So, Eric, there's there's been this hot topic, right? The last, I don't know, couple of years. Is the Pac-12 on par with the SEC, on par with the Big Ten and the ACC and the Big 12? And and I think for the most part, I I would probably lean that, yes, the conference is not as, as deep. It's not as talented from top to bottom as a conference like the SEC or a conference like the Big Ten. But I would argue that the Pac-12 is considerably better than the ACC. And I would argue that the Big 12 has some programs that are, you know, higher, they're viewed in a better light than the Pac-12. But I also could argue that the Pac-12 is better positioned than the Big 12 is. Um where where do you fall in line? And, and first, is there a concern, you think, a valid concern, that the conference is falling behind the other Power 5 schools? In football would be the only place I would be really concerned. I think you look at the way the conference competes nationally in both basketballs, you know, men and women's basketball, in softball, in track and field, in volleyball, in soccer, I mean, across the board, outside of football. Um, the conference is really healthy and competitive, but football is the big moneymaker, and of course that's kind of the source of all this discussion. And yeah, I think you could make a pretty valid case that the Pac-12 is is not quite there with those top two conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, I think that's a pretty strong argument. You, you look at what the SEC does on a recruiting level, you, you look at what they do in terms of winning national championships or competing for them, and, and they're in it every year. The Pac-12 can't really say that. So um, yeah, no, I, I think it's very reasonable to, to make that assertion that the Pac-12 isn't quite on that same level right now um, as the SEC and the Big Ten. And, and I think you have to 
the Pac-12 needs to go out and win a comp, you know, a national championship. Um, it's not something they've done for, they have by far the longest drought of any of these conferences. It's something they haven't done for a few decades now. Um, and that needs to change and they certainly need to be competing for them more. I know Oregon ha- has been in a couple of national championship games, but the rest of the conference really needs to step up. And I think that's where USC getting healthy, uh, Washington continuing to improve. Maybe Cal is a program that you have to kind of watch in terms of the way they've evolved and the trajectory they have, but, uh, yeah, the conference at the top, especially in terms of competing for championships, is something that's been no, you know, clearly not the case. And then the other thing I think that stands out is recruiting. And we've talked about that on the show before, where you look at some of these other power conferences, and, and they've done a almost too good of a job of stepping into the Pac-12's recruiting footprint and pulling out the top players. And it's uh, you know a thing where you just look at the state of Arizona or California or Hawaii or Washington, you pull up the top prospects each class and they're not all staying in the Pac-12. In fact, a decent number are going to other conferences. So I think these concerns are definitely warranted. At the same time, I'm also not at the point where I'm like, it's hopeless. You know, they're not, they're not power five anymore. They're a different level. I, I, I agree with you in terms of, I think you put them right up with the Big 12 and they're, they're comparable. And I think they're better top to bottom than the SEC without question. And of course the, or the ACC, I should say. And of course the ACC has the best school possibly in the country, or definitely better than the Pac-12 and Clemson. But other than that, they're they're kind of a, you know, they have the big dog, but they don't really have anyone else around them. So um, the recruiting needs to get better, but I don't think this is hopeless. I th- and I think the conference and the Pac-12, they love to trot out the Conference of Champions slogan, and it's true by definition. You know, they are elite in softball. They are elite in women's basketball. They are one of the better conferences in baseball. They are elite in track and field. Uh, go down the list of, I, I guess, those, those sports and the conference dominates volleyball, swimming, lacrosse, all of that. The problem is, is that while you don't want to devalue the importance of those schools and you don't want to take away the accomplishments because they are significant and they are impressive, they also don't bring in the money that and the popularity and the interest in a school, in a conference that a football does and to an extent a men's basketball does. And I, I think we're starting to see women's basketball creep up into that echelon in, in softball as well of being more mainstream, being more recognizable, yeah. um, women's basketball more than softball. And I, so I would argue that from that perspective, women's basketball is close, is close to getting into, I think, probably the, you know, one of the mainstream deals for college athletics, but they're still so far away from football and men's basketball continues to, you know, the gap between football and men's basketball gets wider from a national perspective every year. So it gravitates towards football. And, you know, I, I argue that if the SEC would play a schedule like the PAC 12 in which they play non, they play nine conference games, uh, they eliminate one of those directional schools that, the SEC plays in late November, that the SEC would be viewed in, in a different light. But that's not reality because they, they play eight conference games and Oregon plays nine, and this isn't going to turn into a debate on 
what should happen in eight versus nine, because that could be an entire show at a later date. But this week in particular, or this past week in particular, there, there was some discussion about this. Um, Paul Feinbaum recently discussed some pack, some free agency discussion in college football and college athletics of, of how the waivers are going and, um, some, some legislation that's being passed by the NCAA and he fears that it's going to impact Oregon in a negative light. Yeah. Well, in a negative light. Yeah. Yeah. Oregon, well, and Oregon by association would also be obviously impacted. Um, the concern here, it it has to do with COVID-19 and, uh, would there be waivers possibly for if the if the conference doesn't play a season um, or if they play a different season? It, will there be a possibility that the conference will will lose a lot of talent to these other conferences which are going to play a full season or at least right now have stated that they're planning on it? Um, the Pac-12 has been a little bit more wary than some of these other conferences in terms of what they plan on doing. Um, and you know he brings up some good points about and I'll just read a quote here. And he's talking about the Pac-12 here. I think they've only been to the college football playoff twice. This is a conference that really can't afford to miss the season. But right now, based on what everyone else is saying, they're in big danger and players exiting is the worst possible thing. Um, you know, and so I think this is something that we have, you have to be aware of here. If, if for some reason, and of course we're not stating the Pac-12 isn't playing a season. That's, that is, you know, entirely hypothetical. That is conjecture on Feinbaum's part and a lot of other people's part. But if that somehow does take place, that's a massive, massive thing, and I fear he's right in terms of if the Pac-12 doesn't play this season, other conferences do play, and we should also say it doesn't even have to be the Pac-12. Say it's the ACC doesn't play, but the Pac-12 does play. Seniors or upperclassmen or people that just want to play right away, I fear would probably be given some sort of opportunity to do that, and that could completely sway the competitive balance um, you know, nationally, and it's already in one direction. But if this is a thing where the other conferences are playing, the Pac-12 is not, I would be really concerned about the long-term repercussions of that. And I know the conference, like we said earlier, I don't think it's hopeless, but you take away a year and maybe, you know, by association, you lose 25 to 30 of the conference's best players. Maybe it's Maybe it's only 10 to 15, but whatever the number is, to other conferences, that could be a really – a really significant thing, not just for this upcoming year, but going forward of just is the conference going to be able to compete? And I think if you lose that kind of caliber of player, which is, I think, possible, um, you know, and again, this is all hypothetical, it, it would be really devastating for the league. And it really would. At that point, you could probably make legitimate statements that, man, the conference really doesn't feel like it belongs with the others because they're losing all their top players. Let's take a quick break, and we've got some kind of response to that type of a question uh, from a couple of coaches, including Mario Cristobal of Oregon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And we're talking about some comments that were made by Paul Feinbaum of free agency, the Pac-12 falling behind, Um and just the overall theme of this, uh, it, it, it really feels like this is kind of a, a topic that's been discussed about at length in a public setting where people are talking on the record. But I think, Eric, if you or I were asked, you know, how, how many times did this, you know, general topic kind of pop up across the course of the season going and covering Oregon during the 2019 season when we went to Dallas and the importance of winning that. And uh, if Oregon didn't beat Auburn, what does that say about the Pac-12? And what were the people at that game that that don't cover the Pac-12? What were they saying? Uh, And if if you go forward to uh, the USC game or if if you want to go and look into you know, the ramifications that came about the Pac-12 when Oregon lost at Arizona State and what was said then. Or if you go to the the Pac-12 championship game in early December in Santa Clara when we were there. And if you talked and you heard what people were saying in the press box and what they were saying on the record in, in various types of media mediums, um, and then the Rose Bowl, there, there was talk and there has been a lot of talk of – it feels like a tipping point for the conference. Like they could figure things out. They could have a huge year or a couple good years, you know, down the road and things get back to a level of respect that they maybe had five, six, seven, eight years ago, or it could go the other direction. And during uh, a webinar that the PAC 12 produced, uh, Mario Cristobal was joined by Justin Wilcox, the head coach at Cal, who's also a former Oregon Duck, and mm-hmm. then Kevin Sumlin, the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats, and they were asked, you know, like what they felt like, you know, this upcoming season presents for the conference, and if you know there's an opportunity for this league to kind of reshape itself. Yeah, and one thing I want to start by saying is I, I found it really interesting that when Wilcox was asked what like is the best case scenario for the conference or, or, or for for Cal in particular, his first question was how does what we choose to do affect other conferences? What about the college football playoff? Are we working in unison or is this putting us out on our own in some way, so to speak? Um, which is again kind of I think 
And Cristobal said something very similar. He said, if everyone was held to the same standard and had the same regiment and structure, I'd always be in favor of playing 12 games. Both of those comments communicate a level of like, we, we, we want what's best for the, you know, for our conference and the schools, but is this going to put us at a competitive disadvantage with, and this is what Feinbaum was talking about, where the reality of it is, is if the Pac-12 kind of goes and does its own thing and the rest of the Power Five conferences do something else and that those, you know, those schools are united and those conferences are united in following whatever the same thing is, um, the reality is the Pac-12 could really fall behind. And I thought it was telling that both Wilcox and Cristobal kind of communicated levels of that concern and they didn't really hold back on that. They, you know, they were pretty clear of like, we want to make sure as Wilcox says, we're not out on our own, so to speak. You know, you, you don't want to be kind of the one conference that's doing its own thing because that could have really significant implications for, I mean, with, what, what if the Pac-12 does cancel its non-conference games? The other conferences don't. And what's the cultural playoff supposed to do with the Pac-12? If they've only played, maybe it's nine games and 10 games for the college, you know, for the conference championship. And other conferences have played 12 and 13 games. I think the Pac-12 is probably almost eliminated fully from those discussions, unless there's a team that's like 10 and 0 with you know 10 blowout wins. So um, that, to me, is the part that gets interesting about this season and about you're right about it, what does this season you know indicate for the conference. This is a, I agree. This is a tipping point season, and it would have been regardless of you know, what we're dealing with right now with, with COVID and, 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 you know, the pandemic, uh, this was going to be a tipping point season for the conference to prove they could compete, you know, try to get a team in the college football playoff for the first time since Washington was in it several years ago. Um, and this is where I get a little, I do get a little anxious and a little concerned of, I think the concerns from Wilcox and Cristobal and someone didn't communicate it, but I'm sure he shares them were, are correct that we we're already, uh, you know, they're already at a little bit of a disadvantage. It feels like, and if you, do something completely different that is not in accordance to what the other conferences do, you could, I think, really see the league take an even further step back. And again, not to be, you know, totally freaking out here, but if what Feinbaum communicates does take place and there is some, some mass transfers or maybe it's not mass, but maybe again, 10 or 15 of the best players in the league decide they're going to leave to go to another conference because they want to play this season and the Pac-12 is not going to allow them that opportunity, that could be something that's really difficult to recover from. So, um, and I know later in the, you know, when they were asked, both all the coaches communicated that they felt really confident about the conference, that this was going to be a big year, that the conference was, you know, and Cristobal said it was recruiting really well, that they were competing well in postseason play, all of this and that. So there, there was certainly a level of like, we feel like we're up for the challenge, but my concern is maybe they aren't even allowed that opportunity because they're going to be playing uh, on a different set of circumstances than what the other conferences are, which I think is something to be at least a little bit wary of right now. I think this is forcing a discussion that needs to be made that does college football and does other sports within the NCAA need some type of commissioner? Like, like, does, if if the Power Five are going to operate and they're all going to compete at the same level, they should all be playing at the same playing field. They should all be playing under the same guidance, the same policies, the same rules, what have you. And, it would be beneficial for everybody if maybe it wasn't one person, but maybe it was a committee and there was some kind of governing, governing body above the Pac-12, above the SEC, above the Big Ten, the ACC, the Big 12, and all the other FBS 
FCS conferences that stated, hey, this is uncertain times. We've never seen this before. To make sure everyone has the fair and equal opportunity that's best possible to get to the college football playoff, this is what we're going to do. And unfortunately, if you can't meet these, you know, these requirements, that's on, you know, that's on you. And we're doing what's best for the collective group and not for the Pac-12 or for the, for the SEC or what have you. And, and this could be, this could, you know, this could solve a lot of problems of the yeah. eight versus nine. <laughs> it's actually, I was just thinking how ludicrous it is. We got, this isn't already in place. Um, it, it, you know, the, 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 you know, it'd be like if, in the NFL, each of the divisions had their own schedules and made their own rules and kind of, you know, they all follow the same free agency and everybody had the same, you know, trade deadline and everything, but they could just kind of do whatever they wanted and, and how complicated and crazy that would be. And, and I know it's a little different because we're talking about more schools here and, and you do need, I think, legislative arms that are able to govern, uh, you know, each conference. But I think you're so right in terms of like, man, wouldn't it make a ton of sense if that <laughs> – if there was someone specifically or a couple people you could look to and go, oh, there's the people who are in charge, which I think speaks to a broader point, which is that the NCAA is so not good at this because that's kind of should be their responsibility. Right. Um, <laughs> that, the fact that there's all of this uncertainty and the conferences are kind of doing out there doing their own thing, um, I think speaks to the lack of leadership at the top. Um, you know, and, and is, is, is kind of concerning. And you're right though, the fact that like, that we're sitting here in, in the middle of May discussing the possibility that one of the main Power Five conferences, you know, you know, the conference of champions, quote unquote, one of the, you know, historically, the Pac-12 is, is up there with the others for sure, even on a football basis. I know it just hasn't been in the last couple of decades, but that we're talking about a conference possibly basically being left behind because the other conferences are going to operate completely differently. I, I think that whole concept is just sort of crazy and ludicrous, but unfortunately, unless someone steps in and, and says something differently, I think that's just the reality of where things are at right now. And I think it does have to be a legitimate concern because um, it seems like some of these conferences are hell-bent in playing football this season, and it seems like the Pac-12 is a little bit, more pragmatic, I guess, if we want to say a nice word, in terms of trying to figure out what they want to do. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing on the Pac-12's part, but it's just again a byproduct of what you're saying, where there's not a whole lot of leadership at the top, and this, the conference could be really put in a tough spot um, if, if they're not in unison and working in lockstep with what the other conferences are doing. Just to discuss real quick of where things are kind of at right now, like Auburn's president, Jay Goge, claims that we're going to have football this fall. And he went on a YouTube video released by the school just a couple days ago, even, and said that they've got scenarios and they've got plans and, and they're going to have to adjust. But he does know for certain that at Auburn, uh, they're going to have a lot of, and ba- he basically came out and said they're going to have all of their regular Fall activities, whether it's academic, athletic, or social, and he included football, and he said the only change is that you, the new student, is going to be here. And that, to me, tells me that that area of the country is hell-bent on playing football. And whether that's the right decision or not, that's an argument to be made at a later time, but... This is where someone needs to be able to step in and say, hey, look, we all want football. 
But if we're going to have three out of the five Power Five conferences playing, and and I don't know how many group of five, or group of five, it's five. If, <laughs> if three out of the other five group of five conferences uh, are also playing, and you've got 40% of, of your conferences not playing football and 60% of them playing, that just feels like it, it's out of control. And maybe this forces football and the NCAA in, in its entirety kind of, to kind of readjust. That would be my hope because, like we've established, I think the, the system is a little bit broken right now. And I think you bring up really good points. We talk about how the conferences are on have different opinions here. A lot of it also has to do about what's going on from a government perspective in those parts of the country where, it, it, you know, there are certain parts of the country that are a lot more motivated to reopen to start that process and there are other parts that are um, a little bit more reluctant. And clearly the West Coast, in particular Oregon, California, and Washington, are not moving quite as quickly. You have, I mean, the state of Arizona, you know, Kevin Sumlin was asked about this, uh, I think yesterday, or I should say last Thursday, just about the, the fact that their state is going to be reopening pretty darn soon. And they're, that's a completely, you know, they're in the conference, but they're in a position where maybe they actually could play some football while the rest of the conference couldn't. So there's a lot of things at play here in terms of how this works. And I think you're right in terms of the, it's not just the conferences and the schools. It's also what's going on, you know, politically in those areas or, or what's going on with those leaderships in those areas to, to decide whether or not it's right to play right away. But you bring up a really good point of, and that would be one of the weirder things this fall is imagine sitting down on a September Saturday afternoon and there's games on, there's football games on TV, but the Pac 12's not playing and the Mountain West isn't playing and the Big 12's not playing. And I'm just picking conferences here, but those conferences aren't playing. So all you're doing is watching these handful of conferences. I think that would be really bizarre. Honestly, um, it would feel like it would feel kind of wrong. So, uh, yeah, that, and that's kind of what I'm concerned about is, is, is that might be what kind of takes place. And again, I don't, I'm not saying the Pac 12 is not going to play. We'll talk. I mean, I think we'll have a lot of conversations over the next couple months. We, we should say Larry Scott said, uh, last week that they're not going to try to make any decisions until June or July about the, the season itself because, uh, they, they want to be as pragmatic as possible and make the right decisions. We should also state that Justin Wilcox brought up the idea of maybe you have your training camp in an area of the country that is open. Maybe you fly all your players to Florida because, you know, there's more lax regulations on, you know, practicing football there. I don't know, but these are things that are being discussed. So there's going to be a lot of things in motion over the next couple of months, but I don't think we're going to have a real clear idea of everything, maybe even until you know, a month or six weeks from now, which is kind of crazy to talk about and think, but um, I think that's kind of where we are with things. Let's end this discussion with this question to you, Eric. Okay. In one year, do you feel like the Pac-12 will still be on equal footing with the rest of the Power Five, or do you think they're going to be falling behind, uh, and why? It's a tough question. Um, I, I fear that it's not going to get better this year. I don't, again, I'm not fully saying it's going to be hopeless and that the Pac-12 will not be able to compete at all, but I think if there is a, you know, and I'm kind of reserving this expectation that it maybe will go down this way because it does seem like parts of the country are planning on playing and other parts are saying, well, maybe that's not the right thing. 
I'm kind of bracing myself for that reality, and if that's what happens, I, I do think the Pac-12 will be hit by this hard. And, again, it's already being hit from a recruiting perspective and an on-field success perspective. We, you know, when we're specifically talking football, not other sports, because I do think they're very competitive there, and I don't think... You know, there will be implications if those seasons are canceled in the fall as well. But um, to just to talk about football, yeah, I think the, I think the, the Pac-12 could be really at a disadvantage this fall. If, if they don't play or they play a different schedule, I think that's going to really hurt them. And from a recruiting perspective, that could hurt them as well. I mean, that's a lot of ammunition right there on the trail of, well, you're not even going to, you know, maybe you don't even get to play your freshman season. Why don't you come out here where we actually, where we care about the sport? And I think that's probably going to be what some of the pitches are is, well, the, out west, they don't really care about football very much, you know. But look what happens in the SEC. We're not ever going to quit playing football, even during a pandemic, um, and, and that'll be kind of part of it too. So, yeah, no, I have fe- I have concerns about that. I think the conference is already a little bit behind something we've talked about on the show, I, I, and I don't think what's going on right now gives me a lot of optimism that it's going to get better this year. Um, if it does get better, I think it's going to happen a couple years down the line, and that's going to take a real concerted effort by the conference to try to make some some changes. And to focus on, I think, what are some pretty clear shortcomings right now. It's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast. I want to remind you guys, you can sign up for a VIP membership for $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter. You can also sign up for free text alerts. There's uh, a, a thread on the message board at Austin Audible, at Duck Territory, I should say, um, for how to set that up. So you get all the breaking news sent directly to your phone. We don't do it. It's only for the most significant news out there, things that we feel like you need to be able to know about it at the very earliest that it happens. Uh, and so breaking news, viral content, commitments, coaching changes, what have you, that gives you an idea of the text alert. So check those two things out on DuckTerritory.com. Uh, for Eric Scopel, myself, Matt Prem, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Adios, amigos.